What is up, everybody? It's Tom, TD3. Welcome back to the podcast, Sounds of the Future. We're here for another week, man. Here to talk about the future of music, the future of music creation, uh, publishing, producing, releasing, performing, all that stuff, all the good stuff. So this week, on my mind, what I have on my mind, is the evolution of interfaces, specifically recording interfaces. Like, how has this stuff changed, and how is it going to keep changing? That's what I want to talk about. So let's get into it. Recording interfaces have come a long way. There's no doubt about it. Back in the day, the controls on analog gear were very basic. Uh, you had just a handful of buttons and knobs that performed very specific functions, and it was pretty black and white what those things did. And as time has progressed, as technology has progressed, we have seen the emergence of a lot of complex digital audio workstations with thousands tens of thousands of options of keyboard shortcut commands and programmable attributes that the software can do at your command. So back in the day, unlike if you've ever been in a big boy recording studio with an analog desk, there's what's called a transport. And that is what allows you to do your playback, your recording, your monitoring, all of the sort of like high-level functions that you would do for your session. And then across the board, of course, there are lots of channels, and each channel has its own specific parameters of inputs, outputs, sends, auxiliary, stuff like that, Uh, EQs, fader for volume. But in one single channel strip... There's not a ton of stuff that you can do for one single channel on that board. Your options are pretty limited compared to what you can do now. And then, of course, as you expanded outward, you started adding outboard gear like compressors and additional EQs and limiters and... Then you started adding things like uh, reverb that you didn't get from the room you were recording in. You start adding artificial reverb and and stuff like that. Reverb, if I can say that word correctly. Uh, so you have the the emergence and the continual evolution of additional pieces of gear, and each gear, each piece of gear has its own specific thing that it's designed to do very well but that's the thing that it's meant to do. And then as time has gone forward or as time went forward, we started getting digital versions of all of that stuff. So rather than hitting the red record button on the transport on an analog board, now I hit in logic, I hit R in pro tools. You hit command space bar and Actually, that's how it was when the last time I used Pro Tools. It's been a minute, arguably, or admittedly, I should say. Um, 
So you start bringing those functions in the box rather than hitting the play button and the stop button on the transport. You just hit space bar now. And this has opened up a much larger world of combining these shortcuts on the keyboard to do other things that you used to have to do manually. Like, let's just go back to analog. You used to have to cut and stitch tape. Like if you wanted to time a drum track, you had to cut and stitch tape for every single track, every single hit that you wanted to adjust. If you wanted to take one take from the from verse, like take one of verse one and then take two of verse two, you had to manually cut and stitch those pieces of tape together. Now you just do that with the stroke of a key in the box. Like you can just so you know hit one key, which is like a a setup key to pull down to open up your menu and then you can select from that sub menu the thing you want to do with a different key and then that's highlighted and then then you can use your mouse click on it or you can even scroll and scrub through your session using keyboard shortcuts like in logic it's the period key and the comma key to go back and forth from bar to bar so i can do that and then i can cut or trim based on where the locator is all on the keyboard. And it used to be that I had to do that by hand with tape and a razor blade. So it's gotten a lot more efficient and a lot easier. And the options have grown of things you can do with one device being that device being your keyboard using just the keyboard. Now we can do what we used to have to use our hands for, like cut tape, like start, stop, record, scrub, monitor. Uh, you can activate plugins. You can deactivate plugins, which used to be outboard analog gear. You can have, you can cycle through presets on plugins. You can adjust EQ and compression levels and parameters and gates and limiters. You can do all this stuff with the keyboard and with the mouse. But if you're really savvy, you can just about do it all with the keyboard. So I think the argument could be made that the keyboard really is the crux of recording interface of our time. It is the thing. The mouse is certainly necessary, and it does make life a whole lot easier to be good with the mouse. But I would argue that using the keyboard effectively and even nerdily, I might say, learning all of those ins and outs and keyboard shortcuts is what makes one a really like sufficient recording engineer in today's modern recording space. But I think the keyboard is going to go away. Like anything, it will get replaced by something better. I want you to picture in your head that the recording interface of the studio is sort of like a bell curve. On the left side, you have the bottom of the curve touching the ground. Up in the middle, it goes up. It's like a big roller coaster uh, hill. In the middle, it's all the way at the top. And then all the way on the bottom, uh, on the right side, it's back at the bottom again. It's like a big old bell curve. So I think, and, and this bell curve... Uh, is describing complexity and options of recording interface inputs, let's say. 
the keyboard being right in the dead center of the bell, cor bell curve at the very top. So on the left side of the bell curve is your old school analog recording interface, big analog desk. Um, it's very, it's not complex. There aren't like, there aren't a bunch of hybrid inputs. Everything has a specific function that you use it for. It's simple. You just have to know where things are. So you hit play, you hit record, you hit monitor, you hit mute. You can uh, adjust EQs and stuff, and, and the knob is right there for what it is, and it tells you very specifically what uh, frequency spectrum that covers and how you can adjust the cue and all that. And then at the at the top of the bell curve, we have the keyboard, where this is there's this entire hybridization of keys. R may do one thing in one specific uh, scenario, but if I do command R, that's something else. If I do option R, that's something else. Control R, something else. Shift R, something else. Command option R, something else. Control option R, something else, and so on and so forth. But then, of course, I have control T, control Y, control U, control I, control option I, control option U, command option U. You see where I'm going with this. There's this hybridization of keys, of options, Every single thing is not specific to one thing and one thing alone. So it's complicated. It requires a vast system of education, memory, intellect, and research to learn all of these specific functions. That's, this is why a lot of guys just rely on the mouse. Point, click, very simple. But the guys who are fast and efficient at it, they utilize the keyboard. But here's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to go to the right side of that bell curve. I think that with the advent of touchscreen technology, with the advent of MIDI, really good MIDI, and with the advent of increasingly improving virtual instruments and presets, we are moving toward a new simplification of recording interfaces of specifically uh, transport and input interfaces in the digital space. I think that right now I can download software to my iPad or my phone that can rival in ultimate uh, produced content, can rival a computer. Depending on my skill level, how well I I know what I'm doing, how good I am at my craft, and how well I know the software. The argument can be made that, I mean, let's just take GarageBand, for example. It's just an easy one to reference. If I use GarageBand on my computer to make a song, and then I use GarageBand on my iPad to make a song, and then I use GarageBand on my phone to make a song, arguably, I can reach the exact same end result on any of those three devices, because the tools are pretty much the same, the quality of the virtual instruments is pretty much the same, and the workflow is pretty much the same. Now, on the computer, I have the luxury of using the keyboard if I know all the shortcuts. On my phone and on my iPad, what you see is what you get. I want to record, I just touch the record button, which is exactly like an old-school transport in an analog console. It's, it is now one button, one function again. And the sort of frustration, I think, that we keyboard users, I'm going to put myself in that category, 
are going to have with that is we don't get the hybridization of inputs and the option to use one button for a bunch of different things. However, all you have to do is add a couple of hybrid key options on the screen and you're off to the races. So let's say you want to use the record button, but you want to like loop record or something. You can either hold down the record button and a drop down menu will come potentially. I don't know. I'm not a software designer. Or you can just like have a modification key on the bottom left corner, let's say, of your interface. You hit that mod key and a whole slew of options drops down from uh, the record button when you touch it or whatever. Like there's options to do that. But ultimately, I think we're going to get to the point where you don't even want to have those hybridization, those hybrid options out of the record button or the transport bar or whatever, you're going to want to have the what you see is what you get option where one button does one thing because you're going to have to adjust less. So it used to be you had to hack tape to time drums. Now to time drums uh, in Logic, I can select the tracks, I can turn on flex time, I can analyze it, and then I can adjust my quantization settings and then I can go through and listen to the drum track to make sure that everything sounds good. And this is on the based on the premise that I've recorded acoustic drums. Well, I think you can already do this pretty well, but uh, and it's only going to keep getting better. I think eventually somebody with a knowledge of drums like myself is going to be able to, I probably could now, honestly, I just don't do it because I have acoustic drums, but I could probably program a, a drum track using... Uh, the right software that would rival an acoustic drum track. Like take Stephen Slate's uh, drum drummer, uh, Stephen Slate drums or uh, Superior Drummer. If you know what you're doing, you can make a drum track that will rival an acoustic drum track in today's modern music setting. Maybe not a, uh, a stereo soloed acoustic drum track that's going to sound exactly completely natural like um, a, a real drum track would, but when it's once it's in the mix, once it's processed to compete at radio and on Spotify and streaming with the other sonic uh, elements that are out there, you're not you're not gonna be able to tell the difference if the person knows what they're doing. And as anybody who uses MIDI knows, quantization with MIDI is a hell of a lot simpler than it is with audio. So as the tools get better, as the digital replacements for analog instruments improves, the ability to edit and clean up those instruments gets a lot simpler, which means there are far less necessary inputs to make those adjustments. So, i.e., I can program a drum track, hypothetically speaking, that sounds exactly like an acoustic drum track because the virtual instruments are the same, and all I have to do is select all, hit Q, on my keyboard, or perhaps there's just a button on the interface on my phone or iPad that says quantize and boom, it's done. And if I want to adjust individual things, I just have to touch and drag rather than using the mouse and keyboard to nudge, zoom in, zoom out, all that. It's just touch and go. What you see is what you get. This leads me to what I think is a stepping stone towards where things are going. That is the Slate Raven console. I think this is the thing more than anything else that is showing us where it's headed. I think eventually you're going to find that the keyboard and the mouse are going to go away. And not just for recording, just period. Like, you're going to have a computer 
that's just what you see is what you get, touch and go. You may have a virtual keyboard that pops up just as you do on your phone, just as you do on your iPad, if you really want to type out a letter or an email or something, because let's be honest, that's not going to go away. Although the argument can be made that voice is going to replace that. That's a different episode. However, I think the keyboard and the mouse are going to go away, and we're going to get to the right side of that bell curve where the complexity of inputs is no longer necessary. The hybridization of keys is no longer necessary because... Right now, when I'm recording acoustic drums, I have to carve out a lot of frequency and compress and adjust and really get things, work hard to get things where they need to be for a final mix. But if the input of, of electric or of uh, digital elements to form a drum track has already been pre-EQ'd and compressed to meet modern standards to a certain degree... The mixing process is a lot simpler and a lot quicker than it is with all analog instruments. Now, I'm not talking, I'm really not talking about the people who are analog till they die. That's cool. I love that. I'm all about it. Go team. I'm talking about the younger generation who is up and coming and learning to use the tools for the first time. Generally speaking, people don't like to adopt new stuff. They want to stick with what they know, and if they do adopt new things, then it's pretty slow, and it drops off over time. Like, an 80-year-old is less likely to adopt new technology than a 50-year-old, than a 30-year-old, than an 18-year-old. So, I'm speaking to the new generation. The new generation is now growing up with transport controls, with what you see is what you get very simple transport controls on their phone. The kid who at 16 gets, I mean, well, let's be honest, I guess most kids are getting phones before that, but let's just assume the kid at 16 who gets a phone and downloads GarageBand, the first interaction he has with recording technology is a very simple touch-and-go transport system. Not a keyboard, not a hybrid key, learning what the key commands are, keyboard shortcuts are, it's what you see is what you get, and this is what he or she is growing up with. So I think we're getting back to the other end of the bell curve where it is very simple, very minimal input references and sources to do the same job we've been doing. And I think the rise of really even better digital instruments and samples and plugins and presets is making things a lot easier to use. And I think the mixing process is going to become a lot simpler you can never replace a set of ears or a good set of monitors or just a good monitoring setup, period. That stuff is never going to go away, and it's always going to be important. However, I do think that the amount of education, talent, and time that it's going to take to put into becoming a good mix engineer, assuming you have the raw talent and the monitoring setup, is going to go down as well because things are going to be pre-mixed more, they're going to be less raw. They're going to be more ready to go into a final mix. And the controls needed to do that are going to reflect that. So I would love to know what you think about this. Hit me up on Twitter. That's it for this week. Hit me up on Twitter at Tom Dupree the third. And tell me what you think. Do you think I'm right? Do you think I'm wrong? Do you think I'm a moron? <laughs> if so, tell me. Be nice. But yeah, this is what I think. I do think the keyboard and the mouse are going to go by the wayside and old school transport controls in the digital space are already taking over, but are eventually going to become the industry standard again. So 
yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. I love you guys, and I will catch you next week right here on Sounds of the Future. Peace. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Sounds of the Future today. Hey, look, if you like this episode, hit me up on Twitter at Tom Dupree the Third, T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. Let me know what you thought.